Hi, I'm Casey Fabling, and welcome to the Fabling Built Podcast. This podcast was created to answer the questions we get every day, like, who is Fabling Built? And what can I expect for a great customer experience? We also wanted to give you a behind the scenes look at how we deliver the Fabling Built experience from the perspective of the customer, our employee, and the owners. If you like our podcast, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date with our content. If you would like to learn more about who Fabling Built is, check out our website at fablingbuilt.com. Thanks for taking the time to come hang out with us. Let's get started. Fabling Built family, welcome to another episode of the Fabling Built podcast. I'm Timon Phillips. I'm Casey Fabling. Casey, what we got going on today? <laughs> Um, we are, so we talked recently about the, uh, the onboarding process and the first, you know, kind of steps of somebody who's calling saying, mm -hmm. I would like to have my bathroom renovated or kitchen or, you know, so starting that, um, where we left off, we want to keep continuing that conversation. Yeah. You cool with that T? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Cause I got a question or more like a, like a pick your brain type of thing, because okay. there have been certain, not certain we've went to, we've went through various renditions of what a proposal looks like you know oh yeah so it, it initially starts with developing the estimate because the estimate is the heart and soul of the sales process it yep. produces proposals xyz sure and so in in what estimate is here is we we go back through the process we go through the back end of a project and we really clearly develop what are the costs that go into this and what are the resources we need to make this happen? So that's that produces the the number at the bottom line. But that's that's what we're talking about as far as like what's the estimate? Yeah. So like a guy like me, I'm real detail process oriented. So whenever I, I've done a few estimates in my day, and I always wanted to start with like the wherever we would start a project. So if it was like, let's say a standalone garage. Mm -hmm. We're, we're, you know, digging for the footing or digging for the right. foundation around and we're putting the footing. I built my estimate that way. And there's different, yeah, there's different ways to build different types of projects. Mm -hmm. So like let's a garage. So we've got a couple garages right now with like really cool, um, you know, second floor build out rooms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of the, one of the ways that we develop that project mm -hmm. is we think about, I used to say it, I would run the project in my head. Okay, first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. And I create a logical pro progression. Right. Um, and that is one way to write a proposal, is to put together a proposal to say, you know, once somebody's looking at it, they're going to see, okay, um, you know, general conditions. What general conditions means, this is what's required for any project. So, mm -hmm. you know, the plans, the permits, the engineering, um, the portable toilet, dumpster, things like that, right? And then we go through uh, footing and foundation, uh, framing, um, you know, trades, yep. and then finishes. Yep. So that's one way to do a proposal. Um, that's a good way to do uh, like an addition or, or a major project. Um, what, and, and I think this is where you're leading to, is what some people do is they apply that same logic to a kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a kitchen is, okay, we're going to do this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Mm -hmm. What we have learned is, first off, nobody cares <laughs> the steps of a kitchen. <laughs> right. Nobody. Right. Um, I, I, so I can think about, um, 
we just we just built a, the new website, right? Yep. I, I don't know the steps to building a website except for the last two websites that I I helped develop, and I don't want to know the steps to building a website. Right. <laughs> I got you. I paid you to not. <laughs> and so you know, the, the last couple I had to manage more of the process, and it's and it's it takes away from kind of even the joy of the process for me. Mm-hmm. Some people like to know everything that's going on. I I don't. And so mm-hmm. I like partnering with people who guide through that. What we have found a lot is like for a kitchen or a bathroom, what people want is the end project. Right. And they, they, the end result, and they want to be led well through the process and that uh, satisfaction uh, or that guarantee that, okay, we're going to arrive here. Um, we're going to communicate respectfully along the way. Mm-hmm you know, any changes come up are going to be communicated quickly. And, and I'm just not going to be, there's, there's not going to be any like major tsunami surprises along the way, you know? Right. And so how did you, with, so with that understanding, you adopted that form of more so instead of telling them we're going to use this screw, we're going to do that. You, you create more of a, a picture of the project, right? A, a, a story that's easy to read, from the from the perspective of the homeowner, right, as opposed to all the technicalities of it, and you you use the word right there, story, and that's the thing that because think about before someone calls Fabling Built, they have a story that they're that's either in their mind or that's happening in their home where they're saying, "Wouldn't it be great if?" Mm-hmm. Or, man, it really frustrates me when that 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 this happens. That's probably how like ninety percent of projects get conceived for sure yeah literally those words there's there's a point where like and and it comes to like that story builds up to where it's like man i hate this kitchen Mm -hmm. you know or i'm just not happy in this space you know and and like that's your home you're there a lot and people especially now after covid people working from home it's it's a multi-use space and it's not like you're just there for a little bit in the morning, yep. leave, and then come back for a little bit in the afternoon. And even if it is, you want to have a good experience in your home every day. And so if you're not, that's just a constant little, oh, man, this is, mm-hmm. this is just not what I want. So um, that story extends to we realize that we are bridging the gap and we're helping tell a better story. And so that's, that's what it comes down to. And that's, that's where, and I know this is what you're working at, but th- that's where my mindset goes. You know, some projects are, are very technical and it's just the, the advantages putting the proposal together in kind of a technical way, because whether it's, there's a draw schedule uh, that, you know, or, or X, Y, Z, there's multiple reasons. But when we get to tell a story with our proposal, when we get to, help people see the vision. Like when they read the proposal, they can look at it and say, okay, that's what I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. And they can, you know, someone else can be with them and, you know, maybe it's two people making a decision together, or maybe they want to show it to, you know, a friend or a parent or someone that they trust to say, Hey, get, can you give me feedback? And, and, and then being able to say, man, that, that sounds like an amazing kitchen. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't wait to come over for dinner at that kitchen. You know, that's, that's the joy. That's the exciting part. And that's what, we look for, you know, more than 
like we we want people to enjoy the experience so much and they for them to say that is my kitchen it's like when you it's like when you um i don't know like like i love having going to a great meal that i'm really excited about yeah or taking a trip that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. There's all this excitement about the trip and you're telling yourself the story about it. And then when it actually happens and you actually really loved it and you really enjoyed it, and now you have all these great memories and you, you're you a transformed person because of that. You know? Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah. So th- that was my thing, the, the proposal. So what about our system allows us to to develop a proposal that is more appealing. So, so, so mm-hmm. actually, before I ask that question, is it about being more appealing or is it about, uh, uh, just like condensing the project into something that is just easier to understand? Both. So, okay. so part of it is putting it into a, a you know, project management is really hard. Like it's not easy. Um, and, and there's a lot of, and I'm, and it's not my best. Like I love seeing a great project manager Me too. Um, because they're just, they're amazing at it. Yeah. Um, the way they process information is so efficient and it, and it, and it brings clarity. Um, the way I, um, the way we want a proposal to do is we want it to bring clarity. Right. We also want that proposal to connect, to say, this is why you call this, right? It connects back to that why, that that this is what I'm excited about. And it's not it's not like we use a bunch of flowy adjectives or anything. It's just yeah. it's just okay. Yeah, it's not like once upon a time there was a <laughs> it was a hammer. In. <laughs> no, it's it's just you know, it's just a um it's a progression. We walk people through the progression of what to expect. Yeah. So and that's a good distinction. I I may have been overselling it <laughs> or maybe i juiced it up too because i'm like this is a story yeah, it's not like no it's like a progression like okay this is what to expect first we're going to set up uh protections you know plastic mm-hmm. sheeting and th- things like that and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and we're going to do this and it's all one kind of scope of work it's all like one big line item because it is a project it mm-hmm. is the project we're coming in to make this transformation and then at the end you know professional cleaning like that that that's the way it goes through but what that is uh, representing is the process that we're about to enter together. This is the this is the road we're about to w- walk together. It's like a, it's like a guide at the front of a of a trail, saying, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'm going to take you down. We're going to go down this trail. Here's the steps. Here's the waterfall. We're going to take a picture of, and then and then we're going to come out of it at the end." Um, are you ready? Right, and that's better than some guy like using terms like. We're gonna pass the stalagmite, and you're gonna take three steps here, and then stop, and then you're gonna. Yep. And so, um, the other thing is that the other thing that we are careful to do and make sure that we do is there needs to be areas of specification, right? Yeah. There needs to be. For okay, sure. So, how much do I have allowance for my cabinets? Because there's a lot of options for cabinets. Well, I'll tell you how we get to that. We we pick. We have different vendors that we can pick from. We have different options that we can pick from. What I've seen in my past experience was, all right, I'm going to take you to the store. They have five different lines of cabinets, and I'm going to overwhelm you with options. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm probably going to try and upsell you on the highest, you know, most expensive cabinets. Yeah. While you're getting to that point, I love how flexible the sales process is here. You, like you, you started talking about the allowances, but just even beyond that, the flexibility to, to work with the homeowner at, at any point is, I think that's an extreme value that mm-hmm. you, that, that we offer uh, within this process. Well, and that, that, that feedback came from people, right? And it came from just listening to customers and, and realizing what they wanted. So, you know, let's say a, a kitchen renovation, um, you know, kitchen, the average kitchen renovation in this area is north of $150,000. That's the average. Um, I have, uh, I lost a bid on a $250,000 kitchen and the guy who did it did amazing work, uh, like beautiful. Um, I was really, really impressed to see what he delivered. Um, and then another one, the cabinets were $120,000 and I chose not to bid on that one. Um, a designer introduced me and it just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I say that to say most of our kitchens are somewhere between seventy dollars and $150,000. That's a very consistent space. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have great cabinet vendors who consistently deliver in that area. Uh, I had a project um, that we did not do two years ago that the designer um, had the homeowners convinced that they had to do custom cabinets. Their budget was $150,000, which is a very reasonable budget for a kitchen. Um, It was a kitchen and like a half bath and some frame, you know, we had a major beam that we had to deal with and some other stuff, but um, in the house in the city, but the designer had them sold custom mentally on custom cabinets. Well, custom cabinets were like $75,000. Yeah. I was going to say 60. That's half the budget. Yeah. We, we could not do the project and do anything else. And so I had other vendors. I said, look, here's a semi custom option. Here's this option. It would have been less than half the price, but because they had it so stuck in their head. So Mm. I say that to say, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of resources we can bring to bear to make sure that, okay, if, if you would like your kitchen done, you would like it done in this time frame, and you would like it done at this budget. Here's the options. And everything that we work with, there are options that we can stand behind. Um, you know, we don't we don't have like builder grade or anything. Yeah, and I'm t- so I, I mentioned one of my favorite parts of the sales process, or I guess the yeah the, the sales slash proposal is the flexibility that we offer. You know, mm-hmm. during that time, what's what's of a key point that sticks out to you as, you know, something that you really like about the sales process. Um, again, the process was developed um, for, for creating clarity mm-hmm. and removing surprises as much mm-hmm. as possible. So being able to come alongside someone, um, just briefly talking about additions, we, we started doing a lot of additions because two things. First off, we were getting calls by saying, yeah, I keep getting, you know, I talk to these other contractors and they can't, they can't even start for like a year, year and a mm-hmm. half. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and they're like, and I'm like, what, I mean, what are they telling you? They're like, oh, I'm, they just say, I'm so busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Or they will come out. We'll have a great experience. We'll have a great conversation, but then I never get the proposal. Um, that's hard. Like, you know, a lot of people right now are building additions because it's hard to move. 
And so yeah. it's it's easier to build an addition. I was talking about that last night. And it's yep. it's cost effective to build an addition because once you build an addition, you you can refi your home and, and pay for a substantial portion of the of the renovations, right? And so you get value to your home by building an addition. So we we really start focusing on that process to to help customers and to hire people who are better at additions and so we could streamline that process. Now we can we can get on additions really quickly. Um, T, you've done a lot of work to, to work with the counties and the city and mm-hmm. get better at communicating with them and even train their team to guide the process mm-hmm. more streamlined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we do a lot of additions. Um, and we love additions because they're fun. and and They are fun. You, you get to completely transform someone's home. Yeah. You know? Is that true? Like, do you have a favorite type of project? Um. No, I don't. No. Um, you got to remember, I, I started as a handyman. Like, oh. I, I love being a handyman. Right. Um, I used to work with a bunch of realtors, and I just loved getting their whole punch list and just knocking them out. Loved it. It was fun. Wow. Um, I love seeing a transformation of a bathroom and uh, helping the homeowner's vision come true of that spa-like bathroom where they're just, man, I cannot wait to wake up every morning and spend my morning in this bathroom or, um, or a kitchen. You know, it's like a family who loves to cook. It's a cramped kitchen. They can't get in. And then just rearranging it, knocking out a wall, doing a couple things. And suddenly their whole family fits. They love spending time in it. Like, I mean, we've learned the value of time so much in the last couple of years. We want time well spent, especially in our homes. And so, you know, I love seeing where we can come in and guide people through a renovation or a project and see them spend time well. Mm-hmm. And so we value that. We want to make it as efficient and as quick as possible, which goes back to that conversation about our, our sales process to make sure that the project developers guide people through that, that uh, back and forth so we can get to the the scope as quickly as possible so we can get to the project management team as quickly as possible so we can get on schedule as quickly as possible and guide people through the 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 major steps of renovation as quickly and efficiently as possible so that bam they can enjoy it mm-hmm. and then what happens is instead of you know instead of talking about a renovation and talking about the there are problems every project has challenges and problems and oh my god what is that moments um, and you just communicate about it. And so then turning around instead of projects being like, Oh, it was such a blah, blah, blah. Here's the, the worst things about it. Mm-hmm. The stories are about the human interaction. Um, we were building a, a pool house for a customer and two weeks ago, she threw a birthday party for one of our guys. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, it's I'm like, yep. she had, she had a sign. She had lunch. She had, really? cake. Oh, I didn't know. That. Oh yeah. I didn't see all that. But it, but but that's because the, because of the human interaction that was available. Instead of focusing so much on project and scope, we can be together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you just uh, or we just hired a highly analytical sales manager, which is that portion of the the technicality. But I want you to speak a little bit on how that that contributes to the to the uh to the customer experience and sure. the, the the human intera- interaction well it 
it's, you know, it's, I'm, I was a sales manager before and that was one of my favorite, uh, positions to fire myself. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew I was, that was like the last piece for me, not firing you, but a, when a sales manager was here, I knew it was going to be a totally different company. Well, because like I was relying on experience and enjoying the experience with, you know, but what we were hearing from production was we want to make sure that we have more of those analytical pieces that the project managers love, mm-hmm. that, that they can get that scope. They can get that uh, proposal and they can say, okay, I can see how to build this. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in, instead, what we were doing was we were, we were developing the project on one side and then we would have to go through this whole process of converting it to something that the project managers could use. So now we've got Kevin on board. He is that analytical piece like he takes the project what the project managers have developed and now he's back feeding that and feeding it in templates to the sales team and it's awesome and you know what it's like because the sales the sales team is really high energy it's almost like that energy that's starting off in the beginning is being transferred over into the exactly. into the production process and they get to do that and so like the more efficient the the develop the project developers the sales team can be the more they're able to connect interact with people and the more that they're able to continue to be part of the process and help, you know, help be part of that and help contribute value to it. So um, I love seeing what he's doing. Yeah. And, and production definitely loves seeing what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can speak to that. And that, so, and that's, you know, we started talking about the, the proposals and the, the process and there's so many pieces of it that again, it comes back to, guiding that customer experience and making sure that there's, there's clarity and there, there's understanding of what's the next step. You know, what, what can I expect? Um, and there, you know, I, I started saying this earlier, but there's also specifications that we need to put in there as far as like allowances. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about that a little bit, but mm-hmm. there's other specifications as far as, um, you know, it may be that we specify a certain beam type, you know, a, a steel beam or something. And then an engineer comes in and says, Oh, actually, because of the conditions, you have to do this beam instead, or we need to re re-engineer it or something. There, there may be something that changes. Well, then we have a clear change order process to mm-hmm. say, this is based on this defined scope. And, and, and when we're, the project developers are putting together the scope, they're, they're doing the best they can with what they can see. Mm-hmm. We don't make it anything up. Mm-hmm. We don't look into our crystal ball. <laughs> right. When we open, when we demo a bathroom and we find rot in the wall or something like that, it's not a, it's not a scary moment. It's, Hey, we found this. Um, and the, the, the guys on site, they have the tools that they need to say, okay, this is what's going to take to fix it. And whether the project manager or the project developer, one of them will go to the homeowner and say, Hey, this is what we found. This is what's going to take to fix and a lot of times it's not going to really, it doesn't, we do the best we can to not let it affect the schedule. It does right. affect the budget. Right. But the project developer can also go back and say, look, I know that you were, you know, this budget was really tight, for example. Is there something that we could change on the scope to help work out this um, this change? Now, the other side of that is, let's say the, um, the shower fixture has like a, a $750 allowance. We had a homeowner a couple of years ago, man, she fell in love with this shower head that was $2,000. Oh my gosh. She loved it. Yeah. And guess what? It's beautiful. 
Yeah. It is beautiful. And she knew without having to ask us, hey, I like this instead. Okay. Knew we could so switch it she knows, she knows mm-hmm. that there's going to be a difference. And so she can, she can shop with confidence. Mm-hmm. She can go at it and say, man, I love this. Or um, the other thing is we've got transparent pricing with our cabinets. So it's not, there's not like the builder markup and all the difference. So when they're sitting in front of the cabinet vendor, they can say, what if we did this? The cabinet vendor can say, well, you know, that would, that would be an extra $1,200 or whatever, or this, that's how it affects this. Right. There's transparent decision-making happening, not, not playing this song and dance game of where the contractor's value is based on holding all the cards. So that happened because we realized that, that homeowners wanted to be decision makers. They didn't, they didn't need the contractor to be the decision maker. They needed us to help guide them to the right people to make the best decisions. Right. And so what we do is we bring those pieces together, whether that's, you know, a cabinet vendor or uh, the HVAC, Um, you know, when we do attic renovations, there's multiple options on how do we best make the attic comfortable? That's the biggest challenge. Uh, You're using an existing space. And so you need to use the space well, and the other is making sure it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. The way you do that is with insulation and HVAC. So those are the big kind of big questions. And so that's not a question that I need to stand in front of the homeowner or the project developers need to stand in front of the homeowner and say, Hey, uh, I know everything about HVAC. No, here's Daniel. He knows everything about HVAC. He can help guide you on what the next best option is. And whether that next best option is your system is from 1998. Maybe you need to update your system because it's probably, you know, it's, it only had a 20 year lifespan and we're past that lifespan. Um, and these conversations happen literally every day. So th- mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even like being that creative on this. Um, you know, maybe you d- do a bigger system that will uh, serve your second floor and have a zone for the third floor or your system's fine. Let's just do a, a small unit for the attic. Um, we want to make sure that it changes the air well enough. So those are the type of um, those are the type of things that that our process and our system allows because it brings the decision makers together, brings the people together and it brings clarity as to what, what, what are we playing with? You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and homeowners get to play, they get to go. I mean, the project developers love taking them shopping, like looking for tile, uh, looking at different cabinets. And I'll even just throw out the fact that, you know, sometimes uh, a bathroom renovation, for example, um, sometimes, they're like, you know what? This is a kid's bathroom. I don't want to spend $10,000 on the finishes. Can we, can we take a step back? Can we scale it back a little bit? Yes, we can. Um, that is, that is an area where you can do the most cost savings is just where you go shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Cause I found this, um, I found this vanity on, uh, on at Costco. Is that okay? It's got the fixtures and everything. Sure. Sure. It's okay. Why not? Like, do you like it? Yeah. Cool. Will it fit? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let's do it. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the cool thing is like being able to ha- just have that level of transparency to where they can have fun. They can get, they can explore their own options. They can also say, I, I don't really have the confidence in making decisions based on this. So long as it, you know, can you give me a couple options? So long as we are in this budget? Yes, we can. And then the project developer or the project manager will, will submit Here's a couple options of, you know, uh, vanity faucets. Which one do you like? I like this one. Okay, great. And then we just buy it. And it's 
it's simple. It's easy. It's not a, it's not a complicated process. You're right. That does really simplify it down to, and that's why I think I mentioned on, on uh, one of the other episodes, the allowances is mm-hmm. gives the proposal sales process an extreme amount of flexibility that someone who's never done this before, they don't even know that that exists. Right. Just walk in and just give you a budget. You might not know what you want now, but. Well, so there's that aside. There's a side of, oh, I've never done this before. Can you help me? The other side is somebody who might have had a different experience that they had to use the builder's products. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I I don't have a showroom. The reason I don't have a showroom is because there are so many great vendors with so many great showrooms. I don't need to have a showroom. Mm -hmm. I would rather partner with the best vendors in your community to find the right tile, the right cabinets, the right, uh, fixtures. Um, because it's, it's your home. I don't, I'm not coming in saying, uh, Oh, your, your, your bathroom has to look like a failing built bathroom. Right. Right. No, a failing built project is one that, that we just guide the process and it's your home. It's your home when we're done. So that's, that's the whole mentality and mindset behind why we put together the proposal the way we do, what goes into it. Um, you know, even talking a little bit about feedbacking, feeding back from production to say, mm-hmm. Hey, this is what we learned. Can we streamline the process even more? Because we want to make sure that we do the work to create as much consistency, stability, and just streamline as much as we can. Nice. Well said. That was great. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap us, get us out of here. You got anything else you want to add? Hmm. I like to shoes. say something. I need to say something. <laughs> <laughs> what hat are you wearing today? Oh, this is this is X. Yeah, I'm wearing X hat. Okay, <laughs> looks good. Don't fire me. It should have been a Fabling Bill hat. No, I don't care. I'm joking. <laughs> All right. Well, look, this was another episode of the Fabling Bill podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Timon Phillips, and I'm sitting next to a stylish young man. <laughs> I'm Casey Fabling. Hey, look, uh, be sure to check out, you know, check us out on uh, Instagram and Facebook. The Instagram is Fabling Built mm-hmm. and the Facebook is Fabling Built as well. So we yeah. got all types of pictures of the projects we got. Um, you were about to say something? Well, the advantage of having a really unique name is if you get it spelled right, it's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you can put it on everything. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, we've, we're on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're uh, launching these videos on YouTube as well. Um, I was having a brief conversation with somebody like, I am so proud of the work that you've done to get me sitting in front of this mic right here, because like you spent the last couple of years learning about podcasting and all that. Yeah. Who knew it was going to pay off like this? Well, and it's, it, there's, there's people that I admire and I follow and I look at their podcasts. And it's like, man, that is really impressive. And, uh, um, Steve, two, two guys, Steve and Tony both remind me like, go back and look at those people's first. And, and so I go back and look at like the early and it's like, okay, we all start somewhere, yep. but man, I'm so proud of, of where this is and, and what, like, I really hope that, you know, I really hope we're bringing value to you. This is, this is why it's here. We want to provide value and we want to close some of those loops and, and help answer some of those questions that we get literally every day. So. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. And, you know, we're going to keep at it. We're going to get better. We're going to, we're going to just keep developing. So I'm glad to be a part of it. We better get better or so you're going to fire me. (laughs) (laughs) Casey, this is the last episode. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll check you in the next one. Peace.
This has been another episode of the Fabling Built Podcast. Stay up to date with all things Fabling Built by following us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Audio versions of the podcast are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all other podcast streaming platforms. Be sure to like and comment your thoughts on today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. See you in the next episode.